Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. For this episode, we discuss the much-anticipated news of a breakthrough in the Brexit negotiation talks. And so, what are the next steps for Brexit onlookers to follow in the coming days and weeks? Also, what are the immediate implications for UK investment assets? I'm Phil Attreed, Barclays Head of Investment Consulting, and for this Brexit special, I'm joined by Olivia Gleeson, our resident UK government relations expert, and Haram Wee, Senior Investment Strategist. Olivia, Haran, welcome to both of you. And so as this bizarre year draws to an end, so too it seems in true Brexit fashion, we might be getting to a last ditch agreement uh, to actually toast on Christmas Eve. Olivia, if I can turn to you first, um, we understand a deal announcement is imminent today. We were kind of waiting for it, but it's still not quite there. And I have no doubt that our listeners will be following or at least unavoidably aware uh, of the breaking news of a potential deal. But could you maybe just touch on the very latest of developments that you and the team have been focused on and, and what we can expect over the coming hours and days? Absolutely. I mean, it's indeed a very Merry Christmas Eve as the UK and the EU are expected to announce a deal over the future trading relationship at some point today. I mean, if we look back, it's been an epic 10 months of very intense negotiations, which at times were really at genuine risk of collapsing. You know, we've had many missed deadlines, crunch weeks, crunch days in the last six months. And we now understand that negotiators fueled by mince pies, you know, thrashed out the final details of the crucial fishery sticking point late last night. And Prime Minister Boris Johnson and EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen have been back and forth on the phone in the last few days. And it's these conversations that provided the political impetus to unlock the final line by line areas of the talks. So barring any last minute drama, we're expecting a press conference imminently um, to be led by the Prime Minister announcing the deal. And bets are on that we'll hear Boris Johnson talk about delivering on his election commitment to get Brexit done. And so, I mean, we understand the text of the deal is almost 2,000, possibly more pages. Um, so perhaps maybe if you can give listeners some of the highlights on the major areas of agreement that, that have had to be reached over the last few days. Well, I'm slightly relieved you're not asking me for a full digest of 2,000 pages. But yeah, you're right. It will take a lot of time to analyse the full deal. Um, but we can touch on some headlines that we certainly expect the Prime Minister will be keen to promote. At its core, there'll be zero tariffs and zero quotas in an unprecedented arrangement for trading goods with the EU. There'll be no role for the European Court of Justice and the UK will no longer be subject to EU regulation as it takes back control of its laws. And finally, it will bring legislative freedoms, certainly compared to former Prime Minister Theresa May's proposed common rulebook. And aside from taking back control, as promised in the Brexit referendum four and a half years ago, there'll also be lots of arrangement agreement on areas like energy cooperation, policing and security, and of course, the all-important fish. And I'll spare listeners from a minutiae breakdown of the different fish species agreements. But in short, both sides are understood to have compromised on quotas, the transition arrangement of fish and the arbitration mechanism. Now, of course, the devil will be in the detail and there are long days of analysis ahead. Um, But meanwhile, the sell-in for the deal domestically will have begun in earnest. And so finally, and probably more importantly, can you describe what happens next? I mean, after the treaty text is published, um, you know, we know that there must be some ratification um, on both sides for it to become law. But what, I suppose, about the scrutiny? And is there really time for this before this, you know, the the well-known transition deadline? Yeah, of course, any deal is totally dependent upon ratification by uh, EU member states and the UK parliament. 
Now, on the UK side, we know government has already begun reaching out to the most vocal Brexit MPs to promote the deal. And we believe that UK MPs will be recalled either next Tuesday, the 29th or Wednesday, 30th of December to pass it in time. And although a handful of hardline Brexiteers will probably vote against it, we expect it actually to be approved relatively easily this side. Now, a date for MEPs to have a chance to opine on the deal is not yet known, but both sides will need to sign on of it next week if it is to enter into force provisionally by the transition deadline of the 31st. So hopefully that will happen and then the EU Parliament can actually come back to it again in January. But, you know, I would just add, of course, the end of negotiations don't actually mark the end for Brexit and Brexit will be with us for years to come as the UK and the EU adapt their relationship. But for now, obviously, at least some respite from Brexit negotiations while we enjoy a short but eventful Christmas break. Thanks, Olivia. And so, Howran, you and I are back with another podcast at New Year. But I suppose, you know, more eminently, how is the deal expected to impact you know, the UK economy coming into 2021? Yes. So I think under most normal circumstances, a final deal would be on the margin, definitely helpful to the UK economy, given that it entails a removal of the worst case scenario tail risks uh, regarding disruptions to trade. But the problem is that uh, right now we don't live in normal circumstances. Uh, in fact, a lot of the disruption is already taking place because of the new coronavirus strain, for example, the closure of the UK-French border and the banning of flights uh, from the UK to other countries. And on top of that, you've got large parts of the country moving into Tier 4, with the possibility of a much more stringent lockdown post-Christmas. So as uh, no one expects this uh, coming uh, into the Brexit negotiations, but as surprising as it is, uh, in an economic context, uh, the impact of a deal or no deal by now would be largely overshadowed by the disruptions from coronavirus. So moving into 2021, the cyclical outlook for the UK economy is going to be really pretty much dominated by public health considerations, uh, how well we can contain this third wave, how quickly we can vaccinate the population and so forth, rather than Brexit or deal itself, actually. So yeah, I mean, from a deal perspective, it's probably just one less thing to be um, sort of concerned about going into 2021 for the UK. But I suppose also, what has been the response of UK assets um, to to the news of a a pending deal? Yeah, so so far this morning, we see that uh, the more Brexit-sensitive UK assets like sterling and domestic stocks are responding positively to the news of an imminent deal. So, for example, we see that both cable and the uh, FTSE 250, uh, which is more domestically oriented, uh, have jumped uh, since yesterday. Uh, On the other hand, the the response from UK assets that are less sensitive to Brexit risks, like the FTSE 100, for example, due to its highly international revenue exposure, has been a lot more muted. So I think uh, from here, it's a very typical vanilla response to Brexit from a market standpoint. Uh, if we look at where, however, if we look at where cable is trading now around the one thirty-five range, um, our judgment is that, uh, and this is a subjective judgment, right? But our judgment ultimately is that coming into this week, uh, despite all the recent saber rattling over the part, over the previous weeks, uh, Brad, uh, cable was already pricing in a higher likelihood of a deal versus no deal. So. While the reduction in Brexit risk from the imminent deal can cause cable to climb higher, we, we think that ultimately the upside may be uh, proportionally a lot more limited from here than people think, given that uh, a large likelihood of a deal is really well priced in. Uh, it may be the same thing uh, with the domestically oriented FTSE 250, which also now has to contend with the negative effects of tier 4 restrictions as well. 
That's great. Thanks, Halran. Uh, the reference there, of course, to cable is the is the exchange rate between the pound and the US dollar. And as you mentioned, the news has really seen the pound strengthen against the dollar in recent days, also actually against the euro a little bit as, as well. Um, I'd also probably take the opportunity to remind our investors that Brexit-related news continues to actually have a, a relatively limited impact on our investment portfolios, um, given their diversified positioning, both from a geographical point of view, uh, as well as across different types of investment as well. Um, and I suppose with that, thanks, Halran and Olivia, for joining me for this Brexit special. And thank you also, our listeners. We hope you have an enjoyable and relaxing next few days. All investments can fall as well as rise in value, and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation.